Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim. Every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Well, this is Kim. Mandy's not here today. I have the wonderful pleasure of having my husband, Charles, back in studio with me. Hello, hello. Hello. Well, I have to tell you that the last time we did a marriage show, it is our number one listen to Next Talk radio program. Oh, boy. That was a lot of pressure. <laughs> no now. pressure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. No yeah. Pressure. So Mandy and I thought, okay, well, let's... Um, go back to the drawing board and let's bring our husbands back again. So Mandy's going to do a couple of shows with her husband and I get to have you as my co-host for a couple of shows on some real subtle, boring topics, <laughs> nothing super important. Right. Um, so today we're going to talk about sex. Right. Very subtly <laughs> and as uh, quietly as possible, right? We're just no, uh, yeah, not, nah, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> this might be bad. You know, it's, it's funny because... Um, if, for those of you who don't know, Charles and I, we have been married now for 15 years. Yes, 15 together years. Together for 20, 21 years. Mm-hmm. Met in college at the University of Hawaii. And um, we've got three kids. And Charles is an administrator in public school. Yes. And I am the director for Next Talk. Um, that's a little bit about, about him. Um, but one of the things that you may not know is that we did a lot of marriage ministry for pre-marriage and marriage in the beginning of our marriage it's a lot of marriage that we've had. Yeah, we've been blessed to really just kind of share God's word in a lot of different ways. We've been able to, and I always felt very unqualified mm-hmm. uh, to speak uh, on behalf of so many other great leaders and other great speakers in the church when we've been asked to speak in front of other either pre-married couples, couples that are thinking about making this huge decision. Yeah. Um, I always kind of just felt like, well, I don't really have a lot of expertise. I just can tell you what I know and what I've gone through. And if that helps, then that's great. And, uh, and that's kind of where I feel like I'm here is just to kind of, you know, shed my own little experiences. And maybe I could speak on behalf of a lot of the guys out there, a lot of the husbands that are also kind of going through this sort of struggle. Not mm-hmm. that sex is a struggle, um, but the timing and the prioritizing of it in marriage uh, is can be a struggle. It can be um, something that is, it kind of takes away from the enjoyment is to not always be like on the same page. Uh, And so this is something that we really felt was important to kind of share with the Next Talk community. And uh, yeah, well, and our marriage really truly is an example of God's grace because we both come from long lines of divorce. We have no examples of strong, healthy marriages uh, that we were raised with, except for um, God placed some couples in our lives early in our relationship and they were our mentors and um, it's key. It was so important. And he has just poured into our marriage and into our relationship. And so that's what he does. You know, he takes the most unlikely people mm-hmm. who come from all this divorce and no example of good marriage and says, let me use them. And so it, it is a humbling thing. Um, but in a general sense, Manny and I talk about this all the time. You know, the Bible is old but it's relevant. Right. God knew sex would be a thing. Like you can look in the scriptures and you can tell that he knew that this was going to be a challenge. It was going to be two people coming from different perspectives. First um, Corinthians seven, three through five, let the husband render to his wife, the affection due her. And likewise also the wife to her husband. 
The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Uh, there's Colossians 3, 18 to 19, Ephesians 5, 22. There's so many verses mm. in the Bible about marriage because it's so important. Yeah, and there's also like a ton of stories in the Bible, too, where sex at the wrong time and with the wrong people really just kind of jacks up the, <laughs> the, the history of entire like generations of people. Yes. Uh, and so as, as much of a gift as it is and as much as it means to be enjoyed, we appreciate Paul's letters because it needs to be stewarded well, yes. um, because if not, it can really lead to you know, some serious downfalls, too. That's, you know, another thing that we talk a lot about here at Next Talk is it's not just about you. There's that ripple effect everything that we do and sex out of the context of marriage in a sinful sense causes problems and sin and turmoil and disaster beyond yourselves. So the first place it needs to be healthy is in marriage. Mm -hmm. So it's an important topic. And today we're going to talk about the sex scale. Yes. Yeah. We came up with this idea, I guess, when we were driving from uh, San Antonio all the way to Phoenix, we had some time on our hands and uh, it was immediately following um, kind of, an, I guess you could say, an argument that we had. Yeah. You know, we had some, uh, some, I guess, uh, missed expectations <laughs> on my side of things, and it kind of led to some frustration. Uh, and so I was able to voice my concerns, <laughs> and maybe not the most constructive way, but it led to a really good discussion in the 14-hour trip that we had uh, going out there. So I just kind of thought that leading up to our trip, our kids were attending um, a vacation Bible school mm-hmm. for four days. Yeah. We had the house to ourselves for four days. Like, we, we need to preface that with yeah. because we do homeschooling and we have all kids under age eight, there's kids around all the time. Right. We are never alone. And we had four days alone. I mean, not that these <laughs> were ki- they weren't at like camp. They came home in the afternoon. But I'm thinking, wow, I mean, we have like several hours for the next four days. Yeah, we have to prep for this long trip. But I'm sure we're going to be able to find some time to enjoy each other's company. Well, what was I wrong <laughs> to be wrong of all wrongs? I thought it was just like a given nature, like because that was, hey, we got some free time. This is immediately where we should go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't anywhere on your scale. No. And uh, it wasn't I mean, it not only was it not anywhere like on your scale, it was almost like it was upsetting for you to even like consider like we have all these things to do we have we have to you know get this ready we have to get that ready we have to you know make sure the house is clean we have to all these other things had to be in order first and I just kind of I was just blown away by that I was like I can't believe that this is happening like it made me think of uh made me think of one of those those flow charts uh-huh. where you know you have like if this then yes and you would follow the arrow yes like I kind of feel like in the woman's brain at that particular time, I'm looking at this going, okay, so if this, all these things had to happen and it was like this giant flow chart that you would think, you know, would lead to, I don't know, some like, you know, I don't know, well-developed plan. Um, it had to be, everything had to be like in place. Whereas like in my list, it was really just like, it's not even a flow chart. It's just sex is up at the top. <laughs> and if it's not at the top, it can immediately get to number one pretty much without like any hesitation. I mean, it, it, this one little hint, one little show of a shoulder, one little suggestion, it immediately goes to number one. Yeah. Well, it's funny because one of the ways that you put it that really cracked me up when we were in the car talking about this, you said, things in place before I can enjoy intimacy with my wife. 
Zero. Things in place before I can fully enjoy intimacy with my husband. 792. Yeah, it felt like it that week, for sure. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, we've all heard that before. We hear the jokes. You've seen the sitcoms, you know, the, the story, the books. It's a common topic that men and women are different. But really talking about where it lies on your priority list and why it's there, I think, is what we wanted to get into um, that day because we realized that it truly is different. And I mean, here's my thought. Now, I'm sure a lot of the ladies can can relate to me. You know, we were getting ready. We had four days. I'm never without small children who are always tugging on me and needing something. Um, constant, constant needs, right? Never alone, so I can never finish a thought or complete a task, ever. Right. And so I'm like, this is amazing! Four days, four <laughs> half days, where I can complete a task, where I can get ready for our first ever one million hour road trip and I can make these little baskets I saw on Pinterest for the kids and I can <laughs> I can do this and I can take these pictures and I can clean the house. We can come back to a clean home. And I had all these ideas in my head and it is true. Never once did I think I can have a romantic getaway with my husband during that time. And I feel terrible that that didn't come to the top of my mind. Um, but it's true. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that <laughs> I, I tried to explain to you, I think later on was that I didn't have to like derail your plans. Like it's not like it, by by letting us have some intimate time during any one of those four days, it yeah. was not going to like not <laughs> there allow will be no cleaning only intimacy. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> you know I don't I don't want to get too far into the details there, but it's not like it would completely take up the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. And uh, and so I'm coming from and again I was not even considering what it was like for you to have a morning. And part of an afternoon uh, without having any kids, because it must have been like this whole other sense of freedom where you could actually do all these things on your to do list. And that was something that you had been really maybe looking forward to for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I come home, the house is already very loud. And, you know, I, I, I never have time alone with. Well, really, without the kids in the house. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I get a chance to be with my wife mm -hmm. in an empty house. And that's immediately where my brain went. Yeah. And so <laughs> I just didn't know why you weren't always uh, kind of seeing that there, too. I just kind of. Uh, and I don't want I don't want all the ladies out there to kind of get the impression that men only think about sex. That's not true. You know, we're very uh, single focused, though. Uh, you know, all the research that suggests, you know, like a, a woman's brain is like a plate of spaghetti, whereas like a man's brain is more like waffles with like compartments. Um, we could be very focused on something that's not sexually oriented. It's just that sex can take the place of whatever we're prioritizing very easily. Yes. And so we could be, I mean, we could literally be building the world's largest card tower. But if my wife walks in the room and says like, hey, you know, we got some time. Do you want to go fool around? I'm like, okay, card tower can wait. I don't care if it's yeah. outside. Like immediately you can switch gears. Exactly. Yes. You, know? you jump so, into the other compartment of the waffle. And I could see how that would, you know, a lot of women would be like, well, my husband only thinks about sex. It's not, that's not the case. It's just that we can Oh, it can always be something we're thinking about. We can easily yeah. get to there. Whereas like a woman, you know, just it takes a lot more time. A lot of and I've just realized this for you, especially a lot of things have to be in order mm -hmm. for you to um, want to be there. And I want you to be there. You know, yeah. I want you to be fully, you know, intimate with me, you know, and I, I want to make sure that it's enjoyable for the both of us. And it's something that I really wanted to you know, make sure it was a part of our marriage um, was that closeness that comes with it, not just the physical act but making it a very intimate one in which we're together. And I want all of you there, right? I want your mind there. I want yeah. your body there. Yeah. I want your soul there. I want everything there. Uh, and I know now that not all that is possible <laughs> as quickly as it is for me. 
Well, and I think that's where a lot of couples get in trouble. We use that as an excuse. We say, okay, you know, I'm at a zero uh, over here, and there's that, you know, the 792 things that need to happen, and we stay in that space. Right. And so then maybe someone compromises and says, forget it then. You right. know what? I, and it's too hard to get you in the mood. Or she says, you just don't understand me. You know, you don't get it, and I'm not going to get in the mood, or I don't have anything to do with that. And so staying in that space is not a healthy place to be. That's not an excuse because you're different. That's just the reality. It's finding the middle on that list, that priority list, the middle between zero and 792 for you and your husband where you can meet and it becomes this beautiful place right. that you understand. Um, it's kind of like strategic planning for sex. <laughs> yeah. It really is. <clears throat> we got to recognize patterns so we can avoid failed expectations. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I've learned a lot. And even though this just happened recently, and I was always aware of this, is that in order for me to have you completely there, I need to take a little bit off of your plate. So if you've been waiting this whole summer just to have four days alone because you had this like massive task list, I should have been able to be a little bit more aware of what you were prioritizing. Yeah. So I could have been able, I could have, I mean, and then you've told me this before of how romantic it is when I do those kind of things for you without asking, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not even the, it's not a candlelight dinner. It's not, you know, a date night. It's no. not that sort of thing. Or it is me recognizing a need that you have, taking some of that burden, some of that pressure off of you. That's just as much of a romantic act, maybe even more so than some of those other things. So instead of me putting, you know, sex at number one, putting you first, and seeing what was important for you at those times really would have served both of us better, Absolutely. you know, um, a lot quicker. But I shut down. I, you know, we kind of dug trenches mm-hmm. and uh, it was a silence, you know, oh, and bad. of course, like we didn't go anywhere, like, you know, physically or, you know, emotionally. It was just like a very, you know, it was trench warfare at that point, you know, going into <laughs> a, a 14 hour road trip. Yeah, not you know, cool. Yeah, that was not. Yeah. The good thing, though, is that our conversation came out of that. Um and we were able to talk through some of the things that we know, but like everything, you know, we talk about this at Next Talk all the time. It's an ongoing conversation. You think you can't check it off and say, oh, we had that talk about sex and what I need and what you need. And it's done for the rest of our marriage. Mm-hmm. That's just not how we work as humans. We tend to fall back into our ways. We get lazy. We get complacent. We get into this rhythm and we think everything is OK. And that's where I come in with what you were just saying is. I know that it's important for you to feel respected and loved that I make sex a priority and it needs to be near the top of the list. And I know that that's a lot easier when there are no kids in the house. (laughs) So recognizing that this four day span was coming up and saying, "Okay, I know myself. I need to get some of these things done ahead of time and make space for us to be together during that quiet time. And I think one of the things talking to a lot of different women that I have heard over the years is that women do this crazy thing where we build it up in our head that it's this huge act, enormous. We have to shower, wear the right thing, you know, set the mood, say the right things, you know, all of this. We have to set the scene. And so it becomes this whole event. It's like right. I need to be an event planner <laughs> and it's going to take me. It does seem like that sometimes. I need yeah. my spreadsheet to yeah. make sure that I have checked off all the boxes and that I am ready and everything is where it needs to be for this event to take place. And it's not like that at all. And yeah. we realize that the moment that it's over. That's the the funny thing about women. As soon as we're like, that was great. Yeah. And it was so easy. And it was so much fun. And Why we, did I build this up to be this huge thing? Right. And it didn't need to have all the other 
things going into it. Now, there are levels of intimacy that can be created. I always feel like it's very nice when someone takes the time to set the stage for something because it does show that they're taking uh, an interest in the things that you know that they are into, right? And so, yes. like, if I know that. It re- it's really important for you to have like, you know, like the the house a certain way mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. it has to make sure that, you know, maybe the bedroom is a certain way or lighting or these kind of things are important to you. Then I will go out of my way to make sure that that happens. Sure. Um, but it's also just kind of uh, interesting, you know, to kind of make sure that we're, it's not always the same every single time because that whole like that monotony can kind of make it not feel so special anymore. Even True. if it's like really, you know, over the top romantic seemingly. Right. But if it's like this almost like a planned yeah, cheesy, uh, cheesy yeah, or, or just, yeah. you know, it just doesn't feel like very like, uh, Organic. yeah, it doesn't feel like it really is mm-hmm. coming from any sort of passion. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's Wednesday. You know, let's light the candles. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? It's just sort of like, wow, I don't know. That doesn't really, I mean, yeah, that's great that we're able to spend some time together, but there are, you know, more passionate ways to kind of enjoy that time. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Today, I am blessed to have my husband join me. Obviously, you're not Mandy. Next Talk Radio (laughs) is listener supported. Everything we do here at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. So we're talking today about sex within marriage and where does sex lie on your to-do list. We talk about um, recognizing patterns so we can avoid failed expectations and recognizing his needs makes him feel respected and recognizing my needs, it flips the switch for intimacy and impulsivity. Right. You were talking about realizing the things that need to happen for me to relax and be in that space. It makes me want to be with you more. I'm like, man, he really gets it. He really understands my to-do list that is being checked off in my head. He's being sensitive to that. And then I feel definitely more in the mood and I want to jump in there and then I start to ratchet up, you know, closer and closer to the top of my to-do list mm-hmm. because I feel like you really get me. Yeah. I actually can skip a few steps. I it, think it, at some point, can, like we went from two. 792 to like, you know, 514. That's like, what's well, a 200 that's point jump. <laughs> great, great move there. You know, so uh, that's one of the things that I've kind of learned and it, it sounds kind of almost selfish to do this, but, um, you really kind of do it out of love for your spouse. You don't just do it so that you can get to that point where you're intimate. You do it because you know that it takes off their burden and that it's something less that she's thinking about. Because I know if like if I know that your mind's not in there, then it's not going to it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I need to take those things off of your to do list. I need to kind of take that plate of spaghetti of yours and maybe straighten out a few of those noodles or, you know, <laughs> maybe take some of those noodles off of your plate. Yeah. Um, because I know it's just all constantly intertwined. I need to make you feel like relaxed and that it is a safe place that, you know, the things that are on your mind can wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, or they will be taken care of, mm-hmm. uh, and that everything will still be like a okay, you Amen, know. Brother. And that's uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that I've probably learned the most is just sort of being that. And there's a lot of joy in giving to your wife in in things that you know she can, or I mean that she normally wouldn't expect me to do, yeah. you know, or for me to go out of the way to like, you know, take care of certain things um, or to like take the kids out. And if I know that that's how important it is for her to have the house to herself, you know, if I have an opportunity to actually like take the kids out of the house and give her some quiet time for just like a couple hours on the weekend, you know, that's one of the most uh, romantic things I've probably have done for you in the last yeah. like several months. Yeah. You were just like, oh my gosh. I love you right now. I was like, well, I know you got a lot on your mind. You know, it was a, it probably was something to do with uh, this radio program. <laughs> and uh, it's true. Like, I, I, know, I came like... home from work and I was like, oh boy, I could just see it in your face. Um, I was like, why don't I take the kids to do something? And then you were just like, 
uh, I saw it in your Such face. Such a blessing. I just saw yeah. the stress like kind of you know melt away. And there was a lot of joy in that for me, too, to know that I was able to provide for you in a way. And I know that kind of builds some intimacy points with me also down the road. Absolutely. Because um, it's and it's not always about the sex. That's the thing. Like the intimacy, that building of the intimacy will lead to that, which is beautiful. But sometimes we need to recognize the intimacy of um, fostering the relationship on other other fronts like you said like recognizing my stress level or recognizing my needs in other ways and that builds intimacy that leads to sex later on right um and or just I, the fact that if you are thinking about it that's nice yeah you know what i mean like giving me like a little bit of a heads up every now and then be like hey you know what tonight i'm looking forward to spending some time with you it might not happen like right now yeah. or be like yeah, you know what i'm really excited about getting a chance to you know have some alone time mm-hmm. and then it's like oh my gosh she's thinking about that also all right, I yeah. feel so much better now because it's not just me mm-hmm. trying to be the one who initiates, you know, the physical acts. Um, because that could be a little overwhelming for men that sometimes, like, if we're the only ones being the pursuer, we kind of get a little tired of it, yeah. you know, and we're constantly, I feel like, you know, if, if I'm the one that's always pursuing, then maybe she doesn't want to, yeah. you know, ever. Sure. And I don't know if any husband really wants to be constantly pursuing to the point where we feel that, um, we're the only ones who want to do it. Like it's one side. I can see Like I put myself in that position and I would feel strange. Yeah. Like why aren't you feeling the same way as I am? Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I think for women, a lot of times we shy away from uh, physical touch or any kind of intimacy because we think, well, it's going to have to lead to sex. Mm. And I think it's a good conversation to have, again, outside of an argument or outside of the, the bed when you're on date night or just having some downtime or on a car ride is what those expectations are. And you have told me a few times, like, you know, jump in the shower with me. It doesn't have to lead to sex, but that just intimacy Mm -hmm. and that touching and that closeness fills your cup for the day. And that also saves on utilities. It saves on utilities, which also fills your cup. That fills my bucket right there. (laughs) And for me, you know, I want to be able to feel like I can be like snuggled up with you and maybe I'm emotional or maybe I'm just having a hard day and not feel like if I snuggle up to you, you're going to expect me to take my clothes off. Right. Like I need to know that I can have that kind of intimacy from you too. Right. And so you have to talk about that beforehand. So it's not that failed expectation. Right. One of the things that um, I've talked to a lot of women about that I think is important is being the bride before the altar, being his bride from before the altar. Um, with tiny little bucket fillers. And so, like, I know mid-afternoon, my husband, you know, he gets tired, just like all of us do. You know, that 2 o'clock, you know, when you're at work or whatnot. And so every once in a while, I'll go pick up his favorite coffee or his favorite donut or something like that, and I'll run it by and drop it off. Or I will put a note in his lunch. Or I'll do something that is just a tiny show of affection to let him know that I'm pursuing him and that I see his needs and I see him um, and what what would make him feel wanted. And that's also part of building up that intimacy. Yeah, I think it's really kind of cute. You know, it's just almost like there's still like that little bit of courtship that's there. Yes. You know, and so just because we've been married for 15 years now, you know, it's still important to kind of keep things fresh and it doesn't always have to be, you know, this very hot, steamy, passionate thing. It's really about getting to know your spouse yeah. and to know them better than anybody else on planet Earth, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to do those things that speak to their heart and to speak, you know, to them so deeply and so honestly that they know that you love them, you know, so much, you know, and, and yeah. unselfishly and unconditionally and that, uh, 
those little tiny notes or those little tiny, uh, you know, trips to Starbucks so I can get little pick me up throughout the day. Those are just, uh, you know, they go way beyond, um, you know, just the gift itself. Yeah. Know? And again, so. it doesn't have to be a big deal. It's just recognizing little things that will bless mm-hmm. your spouse and that builds intimacy in a big way. Um, really having this conversation ongoing is the key. And we talk about that all the time here at Next Talk that um, it's not a sit down one time, check it off. It's an ongoing, hey, what are you, yep. what are you feeling about this? You know, what did you think about that? Or here's how I'm feeling. And we've had to do that a million times over the course of, you know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So many times. And like we said, we had a big argument about it just this summer. You'd think we would have learned our lesson. But Satan loves to creep in when you don't talk about it and put untruths in your mind that lead to further and further divides and trenches between the two of you. And sex is a great playground for him to create that space. Absolutely. You know, and and the only way to like really increase the amount of intimacy is going to having those honest times where we actually do have time to talk, uh, whether it's in a car for a really long ride or maybe uh, having a date night where you just have a chance to get away and actually just talk to each other Mm -hmm. um, because you have to continue to communicate, um, you know, in all facets of, of marriage, but, you know, specifically with sex. Yeah. Um, because that the only way to actually grow in intimacy is to continue to talk more about it. Absolutely. So a couple of takeaways. One, honest talk about your sex scale leads to more intimacy. I have met couples who have never even said the word sex to each other. You have to start somewhere. It may be awkward at first, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Two, sacrificial understanding and adjustments are necessary for both spouses to feel fulfilled. If you are at a zero and he is at a 100, you've got to meet in the middle and find out what that is and how you can get there. And three, recognize patterns so you can avoid failed expectations Mm because that's when the hurt begins and the divide gets wider. Thanks so much for being here today. I love doing the show with you, Charles. Oh, I had a great time. I loved it, too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Next Talk.